the Rural Survival Show with Tim and or, or excuse me, with Tim Spencer and Rick Schmidt. Today is Saturday, the 16th day of April, in the year of our Lord, 2022. Happy Easter, everyone. Hope everybody has a great Easter weekend. Did you enjoy it, and it's fulfilling. Good morning, Rick. Uh, good morning. Good morning. How's everything now? Easter weekend. That's correct. Yeah. Easter weekend. Uh, Holy Thursday. Good Friday. Holy Saturday. Easter yeah. Sunday. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting. It's an interesting time of year. Fascinating. Um, endless food for thought. I could think about. I could think about the events of the last several days for the rest of my life and probably eternity and never, never actually get my head around what this is. I hear you. Yeah, how it came about. Well, I think we all know kind of how it came about, but the solution to the problem for me is incomprehensible. But um, but I will say this, um, not to step on your, your uh, oratory here, but I was watching uh, the Economic Ninja uh, this morning, I think, early, uh, maybe six or something, and uh, he was—he's been talking lately. It used to be what more econ stuff, but now, right now, his his uh, thought process is rotating around somewhat, and uh, yes, it is. Yeah, he's becoming more. Um, more hands-on, more—I um, would say more practical. I mean, if you if you wanted me to put a word right. to he's it, more—he's moving from theory to real life, in my opinion. Oh, I noticed yeah. that too when I watched him. Yeah, it's becoming more of a, a more of a a, a a theory of a working theory instead of just um, uh, some ethereal. Uh, concept <clears throat> but he's talking now about um supply chain issues food shortages and all of that sort of thing and, which is a fascinating um a fascinating diversion from his original i think intent i think i think originally he was the economic ninja but you know now uh i think he's finding more value in in being a little bit more practical um he said something this right. morning that um, took me by surprise, really. Uh, he made a statement out of, and I, apparently he knows something about the Bible. Uh, this was this comes from Mark, uh, where uh, it is said that um, faith without works is dead. And you know, of course, I I'm going to agree with that. Um, I know I'm not going to get into the Martin Luther thing here, um, who is who is for the most part I think misunderstood and widely misquoted. But um, you know it was it was Martin Luther that said the more you honor Mary, the more you honor her son. Uh, so we have you know we have uh, some kind of I'm not going to say they're philosophical differences. I'm going to say that they're differences in, you know, more like my teams trying to beat your team type deal. 
which I have no interest in. Right. But what he did say this morning was that faith, faith without works is dead. And I, I guess, you know, for Easter, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that we're going to talk about gardening and a uh, little bit about silver and some various things and probably uh, the Ukraine-Russian deal. But, but if, you know, in the meantime, I, I want to say that if things play out the way a bunch of us think that they will, this year should be fascinating and probably terrifying. But if, if you're the right sort of person, you're going to have some opportunities to do some very good things. When my son was in high school, uh, a friend of his took his father's service revolver and walked out in the field and shot himself. And uh, oh, no. his father was a cop. Yeah, his father was a cop. And, and you know, why these things happen, you know, but the point is, it, it, when you do something like that, when you do something like that to a young person, um, when you do something like that to a young person, they become very, very confused. And um, so at the dinner table, he was asking me, uh, he was asking me, um, what did I think about all that? And, and I said, well, I said, your only responsibility is to, um, you know, take care of yourself and one other person. That's all you have to do. And I, I was trying to give him a job, you know, trying to make him think, you know, not so much about himself but other people. And and so this is what right. I think. And and he seemed to be okay with that answer. I think it took it took his mind off of the theory of, um, you know, I wonder if I should destroy myself or. So I said, no, you you have a job. You have. You have, there's stewardship for you here. You know, there's plenty of things you've got to do. You can do. It's, it's basically largely up to you. But stewardship is a situation where you, you essentially accept um, a job from God. And you do that job. And in doing that job, you carry your cross. You put up with your own sins and your weaknesses. You fight your way through it. And you help somebody else. And I think the way this year is going to play out, I think you're going to get opportunities to be that person. Um, but I will say this. If you can't even take care of yourself, I don't think you stand a chance of being able to help someone else. So this show, this show, you know, has been basically dedicated to the proposition, the theory, uh, that you need to be get good, get good, good enough at taking care of yourself that you can help some others. And I... I hope, I hope that some of you people took that seriously and, and uh, not a, as a rerun of I Love Lucy. That's not why we're here. Um, so before we move on, Tim, I bet, I bet you have something to say. All right, Rick, you broke up on me your, your last sentence. I heard before we move on or something like that. What did you say after that? I said, I bet you have something to say about what I just said. It's hard to really comment when I agree with you. Uh, the only well, disagreement 
I well, have, you're supposed to say it, something that makes me sound even better. <laughs> well, you want to put put jelly on both sides of the bread. Do that. Okay. My only thought from what you were saying is, you told your son, you know, take care of yourself and one other person. Uh, I've tried to teach. I didn't really do it with my children. I wasn't too good of a parent. But with my grandchildren, I've tried to teach them to take care of themselves and anybody else they come across that needs help. You know, you could easily be right, but, you know, that's the only difference I see. Yeah, well, I think I think that as this year presses on, I think that, you know, for those out there who are listening who have not been thinking along those lines, I think that as these, what I don't want is for these opportunities to fall into your lap and then you say something like, man, I wish I had paid attention. I wish I had worked a little harder because now here's this person you know, that I could help, but I, I don't know how. I can't. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see you be able to make something your opportunity. I don't want to see you just up and fail and then feel bad about yourself. That's That was never the plan. That's not the game. Uh, so what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about gardens? Yeah, we can talk about gardens. Yeah, let's do the fun stuff first, Rick, because yeah. nobody's going to really want to hear what I've got to say. I, I guarantee that. Well, what, what did I hear the other day? I said it already on the show, and I apologize. But somebody said, uh, if you tell me, I will forget. If you teach me, I will remember. But if you involve me, I will learn. Uh, it's an interesting distinction yes. between being taught something and applying that something. It's not It's not until you, yourself, try to apply what you've been taught, is that's when you really learn. So, you know, there it is. Um, so, uh, I'm going to bet you didn't have time to open that little video I just sent you, did you? Yeah, I did, but it was so small on my phone, and I couldn't get my oh. fingers to work right to make it... Bigger, I'm assuming I was looking at your yard. No, you were looking at the walkway. That was you were looking at the walkway, okay. which is filled with plants. It is one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine. It's thirty feet, thirty feet of tomato plants in pots, and um, that's that's oh, what I was better. showing you here. What's yeah. that? Well, I saw all the plants that look beautiful to me. Yeah, they're working out. Yeah, the uh, that theory that theory that the um, that the um, stuff was that the uh, that the miracle grow was just too hot uh, for um, for seedlings is, is not true. It seems to work out very well, and uh, I am I'm very very interested uh, in you know, how how that'll play out. Although, in the overall scheme of things, I must tell you, you know, in a, in a grid-down type situation or something along those lines, 
um, I just don't think any of that sort of thing is, is going to be available to you. I really don't. Uh, and so, you know, to that end, uh, I am suggesting that, you know, you'll, in the end, you'll almost certainly have to figure out how to make, how to make your own potting mix, which is not, which is not a complicated situation. Um, it just requires, uh, a little bit of knowledge. And then, and then too, I must say, and I've said this before, if you're someone like me and you know, you're going to wind up buying, uh, 10, uh, 50 quart bags, that's the biggest bag they sell. Uh, and, and they're selling that stuff for, oh man, whatever it is, it's close to 20 bucks. Um, you know, you're talking about spending between 150 and 200 bucks. If you know that's going to happen to you, um, then you may as well buy the components and make your own and, and try to save at least half. Um, yeah, there's effort involved, but, um, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it would be monetarily worth it if you've got the time. Um, so aside from the, uh, massive quantities of tomato plants out here, um, we have, um, I have, uh, my eggplants just look amazing. Um, I've got, um, now this week I planted in flats the, uh, the winter squash. And I've, I've got, I didn't, I'll tell you what, from Haas Tools, you know, they, they are bringing back the Cherokee can, uh, which is a southeastern, um, heirloom, uh, uh, Little, it's a little pumpkin. Uh, it's probably, I'm going to say eight or ten inch, eight or ten inch, probably ten inches, not twelve. I don't think. Um, it's tan. Uh, it is a is a beige type deal, uh, but it is very very resistant to um, the 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 things that attack squash. Uh, you know, like the uh, powdery mildew and the mar. Uh, Mosaic virus and uh, downy mildew and all that, very resistant. And then, of course, you know, I had such great success with the uh, the South Anna butternut squash. Um, I saved the seeds. Uh, I would love to say that I know that they are viable because I saved them out of the uh, South Anna butternut squash we grew and ate last fall. Um, right. So I'm still, I'm kind of, it's only been two days, so I'm not seeing anything yet. I'll certainly keep you posted. I'm, I don't know why they well, didn't come I'm up. I'm going to plant mine, the ones you gave me, get planted today. Yeah, by the way, thanks for those seeds. Um, I'm going to get those underway, uh, the seeds you sent me. Um, the, um, yeah, I'll get those, I'll get those underway. I've got that and, uh, Humorously, my son is bringing me some passion flower seeds from the neighbor's yard. So these will be kind of what, um, like science experiment type deals. We'll we'll get into that. Um, so the herbs, uh, the I'm trying to be somewhat, as I told you all before, I, I am trying to focus my attention on. I don't I don't really want to grow stuff that we don't really eat, and I've been I've been guilty uh, of having a theory in my head about what a garden should be or what it should look like. And, you know, we'll grow all this stuff, and then we don't eat it. And so I'm right. taking up space. You, I'm taking up space growing stuff that we, we, we're not using. So 
I'm trying to focus my attention on things that produce uh, the most food uh, in a reasonable period of time. And so, you know, what I'm doing is uh, attempting to, um, what should I say, give myself a practical education so that, you know, if we get into a situation where um, I have to either feed people or show them how to grow their own food, that I will have uh, some, some, some decent uh, skills that I can share. That's what I want to do. And, uh, and eating is good, by the way, too. I don't see a problem with, uh, you know, not walking around, tightening your belt one notch every couple of days. Um, the, the, uh, the endive is all coming up. Now, here's one deal. We've never done this. I eat my favorite salad is curly endive. Yes, it's bitter. A little. Most people will mix it with something. Uh, but I absolutely love it uh, with olive oil and uh, and nuts and uh, uh, sea salt and a little bit of lemon juice. It's like Mediterranean, very Mediterranean deal, but I, I really enjoy it. And as everybody will tell you, that 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 in, that in there, which is bitter, is super-duper good uh, for any number of your internal organs, uh, your liver and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, that's why they say, remember, uh, medicine, bitter, bitter medicine, remember that? That's yeah. an old, old. Well, you know, frequently medicine is bitter, and for that exact reason. Um, the uh, so, uh, so anyway, I've got the endives all popping up. Uh, uh, we've also got, um, I'm growing, my kids were very interested in growing. They have limited space, and they were very interested in growing cukes, cucumbers. So I am, I am growing two different kinds, one that is supposed to be, well, I've seen it. It's it's highly productive. It's called Max Pack, M A X Pack, and you can get that at Haas. And also, there's another thing, and I've talked about this. Uh, these seeds haven't popped up, but the Max Pack are going nuts. Uh, is the Caracello striped Caracello, which is not actually a cucumber. If you remember, I told you it is actually an Italian melon, and okay. you pick it when it is the size of a cucumber before it actually turns into a melon, although i got to tell you, uh, you know I'm going to have to let one or two of them turn into melons because I want to oh, see what it is. Yeah. Not, not to, yes, exactly, uh, because these seeds were not cheap. Um, I, I, will, I will for sure collect those seeds, and uh, then I'll have uh, some of that to share. Now, with respect to the cubes, uh, I, have been, I have been, I'm going to take a little left-hand turn here, I have been uh, experimenting with fermenting lacto-fermentation on store-bought cucumbers, and I'm doing half-sour, which is, which is, which is a fermented uh, pickle. Uh, now, it doesn't incorporate, doesn't use any vinegar or anything like that, and I believe we talked about this. If we didn't talk about this, it's only because the show ended and I didn't get to it. I got a feeling that might have happened. Um, lacto-fermentation... Uh, is that is that situation where something ferments and it stabilizes the uh, the shelf life and you can get a few months out of a harvest instead of uh, you know a week uh, things like cucumbers they don't hold up too well they they don't you look, put them in the fridge and you look at them 
a week, 10 days, two weeks later, and they're all fungused out and they're a mess. Uh, so you, you, right. you turn them into half-sour half pickles, and you get to keep them. Uh, there's also no heat involved, so you're not really losing any nutritious matter of fact. On the flip side, lactofermentation uh, turns out to be, um, what are they, probiotic. It's probiotic. So not only not only do you get to keep your cukes uh, for a couple of months this way, uh, it is also a probiotic, very, very good for you. The only thing is, I, I did four jars. I'm going to say a couple things about this. Uh, there's always something to learn. In two of the jars, uh, I put in an extra splash of salt. Don't don't do that. Follow the recipe. It's four cups of water or one quart and a quarter of a cup of kosher salt. Don't add any more than that. Uh, are you going to have um, something on your hands there that you're just not going to want to eat? Now, the rest of it is all up to you. Um, you know, it's as I said, you're going to probably using garlic and fresh dill for sure and you know the rest of it's kind of up to you um coriander is wonderful in there it gives it a slight floral aspect um but but here's the deal so i talked to you folks last year about the fermenting kits and they come with a lid a a lid with a little valve in it that lets air out but not back in now that is that is totally necessary. You've got to have, you can't just put a lid on these things. Uh, you stand a good chance of blowing the thing up, but but it comes with a big stainless steel spring, uh, and you you really do need to hold the veg beneath the brine. You really do. Otherwise, you know you're going to get some funk growing in there, and you're just not going to want to eat it. It might even be dangerous. Who knows? So. The stainless steel springs, you know, I've had questions about this. So I'm like, it's going to take a week to make a half-sour pickle. And each day I'm looking at them, and my pickles are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And until yeah. they were the height of the jar, now they're only half the height of the jar. And what's happening is these idiots, uh, this, this spring keeps constant pressure on the cukes and as they ferment they get a little softer and the spring is able to squash them and that's just not the way things ought to be i mean yeah they still taste fine but it's not i did not have this in mind so off amazon i think it was it wasn't bad it was like oh man 15 15 18 bucks i bought um nine pickle pucks and those uh, are glass uh, discs about a half inch thick with a little with a little knob on the top so you can pick them up and what they do is you put though after you got your jar all filled up with the brine and everything you put the pickle puck it's just the size of the jar put that on top of everything put the lid on that will hold it down but it's not a spring it's not going to keep smashing uh your your fermented products um you know maybe if you were fermenting carrots which i have not tried yet but it does sound like fun um maybe if it was carrots or something that just would the the, the spring would not really be able to 
although I it might, would not be able to uh, smash. Um, that might be one thing. <clears throat> there are probably other solutions. You could probably put a wooden dowel rod in there um, that was maybe a half inch shorter uh, than the cukes, and that way that's all the farther the spring could go. That might be another way, you know, rather if you're like me and you own four springs, you don't necessarily want to throw them out, uh, you know, because we might get into a situation where I need them, but um, right. but that might be that might be one way to handle it. Uh, or if it turns out if it turns out that you can't smash a carrot on air, put a carrot in the middle of it that is a half inch shorter than the cukes, and that would be all the farther that the spring could push them, and that that too would be um, another. Uh, a way to handle this. <laughs> um, I last year we found uh, we were we were pickling the pepperoncinis, and uh, I was giving them away. We had so many. The pepperoncinis are so productive; it's it's just scary. But um, we, in order to put some heat into them, we will put. You know, some some form of a um, some some kind of a, a jalapeno, half a jalapeno split, or a whole jalapeno or something. My son takes takes one of the jars and he calls me and he says that one pepper really lit me up, and it didn't occur to me to tell him. I thought that you know everybody knew everything. I thought it didn't occur occur to me to tell him that one of the peppers was different. You know. It, it doesn't even look like the rest of them, but you know, there you go. You know, you just assume, yeah. you know, that, you know, I, I mean, a jalapeno looks just like a jalapeno and it doesn't look like a pepperoncini, right. but young, young people, you know, it's, you know, you don't know. I mean, you know, they, you don't know what they don't know. So, you know, you gotta, huh. that, you know, that's why, that's why dad's always so boring is because, He's always talking about stuff that they supposedly already know. At least they say they already know it. Anyway, um, so, you know, we've got this year, I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i got way more pepperoncini plants because they turned out to be so useful. Now, here in the spring, uh, we're going through going through the refrigerator, trying to get things cleaned up, stuff that was useless. I'll get rid of some of the stuff that I jarred up last year. Came across some of the green uh, pickled tomatoes uh these were roma style tomatoes so they're yeah they're hard they're uh they're solid you know kind of still crispy and i was going to throw them out i was going to give them to the chickens but when i picked one up it felt pretty good and so i tasted it it wasn't just pretty good it was excellent um so we're going to put we're going to put those in a bowl uh tomorrow everybody's going to come over for easter and you know we'll uh We'll we'll have some of that stuff instead of instead of pitching some of it. We'll just let the kids eat it. Uh, they're going to really. I had a. It's it's just about on the edge of. It's it's they're fairly hot because I put in I split one whole jalapeno. Um, it's right. not too hot, but I wouldn't want it any hotter. But um, you know we've got more Roma style tomatoes going in this year because they're so useful for for things like right. canning and sauces and and also you know if you're the kind of person that likes fried green tomatoes and i don't know who isn't that person i mean that oh, man that is to me better than meat but 
Um, but oh, still, you know, we get, and then the pick, and then these are these are the kind of tomatoes where, when you cut them, you know, you don't have water going everywhere. They're kind of dry inside, and so they just make first class pickles. I mean, they are really good. Um, probably as good or better that than cucumber. They are good, uh, especially with a little bit of heat to them. I can tell you, some of my kids really enjoy. Uh, spicy food, and they're just gonna they're just gonna love this. So, I think what I'm saying here is, is that we're still having fun with the stuff that I jarred up last year, and uh, it is actually, I guess, worked out better than I had thought. Some of these things I jarred up um, are are incredibly good. Um, I came across two more jars of pepperoncinis I did not know I had which I'm super-duper happy about, and because uh, we'll use those tomorrow, too. And uh, and then an uh, entire jar of escabeche, which, to remind you folks, is a kind of a pickled eggplant strips, um, you know, like shoestring potatoes. Um, then, you know, you, you salt them, you sweat them out overnight, and then you rinse them in vinegar water, and then you, you submerge them in peppers, uh, a little bit of hot pepper and some various spices in olive oil. And so you've got this stuff, you've got all this eggplant basically uh, packed into a jar and then covered with olive oil. And uh, as a tapenade or an hors d'oeuvre, uh, it is unbelievable, too. So we'll get to use all this stuff for Easter. But the lessons here that I'm learning are going to help to direct my efforts this spring as to what I plant, uh, how much of it I plant, and and how careful how careful I'm going to be with the harvest. Um, you know, I'm going to try not to waste right. stuff. I'm going to I'm going to try to make use of everything. The um, the sun gold tomatoes I've said it before. Uh, the sun gold we we had twice this week. Sun gold pasta, sun gold tomato pasta sauce that I jarred up last fall. It is still unbelievable. It tastes like a cross between tomatoes and flowers. Uh, it is it is delicious. It's floral uh, and on uh, on spaghetti. Uh, holy cow, man! It is. It is absolutely restaurant quality or better. So, you know, I've got a lot more. I'm going to try to find more spots for some gold plants this year because they're just that productive and they're just that useful. And I know full well that uh, they're going to make gifts, good gifts for the kids. So what about that um, farmer's market uh, that we were talking about before the show um, because of the uh, the overarching uh, designed uh, the the designed food shortage, just like the pandemic was designed, um, yeah. I started thinking I need and to I find a farmer's market. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yep. They're not finished with us yet. Um, I can't wait. Um, I need to find something local, something local, something sustainable. Where, where I can uh, uh, buy and or sell, and uh, I found one, 
um, in they got it, it's in two places. It's in a Lutheran church on no Methodist church on a Wednesday afternoon, and then about two blocks away, Catholic church. It's there Saturday morning, but they've they, they've only been in business one year, and but they've got everything a farmer's market should have: uh, rabbits, poultry, eggs. Um, uh, people wow. making uh, crafts, if you care for that sort of thing, and uh, and uh, goat milk uh, products like soap and that kind of thing. They've got basically a full venue. They've even got a little bit of music going on. Um, but what they don't really have yet is somebody selling plants, and um, it would be it would be a hoot uh, to go up there. And, and sell some plants for money. Um, and at oh, the yeah. same time, yeah, you sell somebody a couple of sun gold tomato plants, give them, give them the, the recipe sheet for the pasta sauce, and, you know, three months later, they're going to think you're a genius. So, I mean, there are, there are lots of opportunities uh, to be a local person, to help locally, uh, to kind of integrate yourself into your your local community, and plus, if they're going to keep stomping on the food supply like they're doing, if they're going to keep, if they're going to keep their their foot on the brake uh, and try to starve you right. to death, um, th- things like this could be real handy. Um, I've been prattling on. What do you think? Well, I agree with you. Uh, you know, I wish we had <clears throat> farmers markets here that I could go to, but like. You know, I told you when we're in our pre-show phone call, you know, it's open while we're doing the show. It closes at noon our time when we get done with the show. So I have no way to go to mine. But, uh, yeah, well, that's that is considering asking my daughter if she'll start going. Yeah, that's, you know, Somebody can stand in for you here. Uh, the only the, the other thing is, I don't know. I haven't been up there. They don't. They're not going to open until May the seventh. And, and I will say this about that: Lowe's, Lowe's, and Home Depot, and some of the guards, some of the farm stores around here have been selling vegetable plants now for a month. And if you know, if if they don't open up there until May the seventh. I'm going to suggest here that, that a large number of, of people, you know, will have already fulfilled their, their gardening needs, and, and that, to me, becomes right. problematic. I think that, you know, most people, you know, they're so, uh, what's the word, they got so, they got cabin fever here, you know, coming out of the winter. Yeah. And, um, and they, you know, the first time somebody puts out a plant, they buy it, even if they don't want it. So... You know, it's it's, it's yeah, opening up. The, yeah, I uh, I watched I watched a fascinating video. I think it's the world's largest indoor plant propagating facility, and they're the ones. If you've got plants inside, these would be the plants that you would have. Uh, things like uh, uh, philodendron and and mother-in-law's tongue and all that kind of stuff that. Basically, it's inside, and uh, right. this place looked like it was inside, but it looked like an airport. 
And, and what what they said, and I think I may have, might have said this once before. The guy said, you know, we make a good living uh, selling plants for people to kill, and that's what right. that's about it. I mean, you know, most people mm-hmm. will buy a plant. They, they may want that plant. They may think it, it it looks good, it sounds good, you know, and in theory it is. But they take it home, and then the thrill was in the buying of it, not the having of it, and they look at it and they stare at it until it's dead, and then they throw it out and they go back and get another one. So the guy is right. You know, that, that's what he's doing. He's making a living uh, selling plants for people to kill. And, you know, if, if, you're, not, uh, if, if you're not okay, if you, if you think that doesn't sound like the way you want to make a living, um, if you think that sounds weird, uh, then I guess you won't do that. But if you could see the size of this facility, I think you would immediately understand how much money there was in this stuff. And so, you know, if I had anything to say about the local farmer's market, I'd probably ask them, ask them to open up at least one week earlier, something like that, you know what I mean? Right. So, oh, wow. And, that's, and I, therein, therein lies, I think, one other semantical problem, is that this farmer's market is the 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 brainchild of a 22-year-old horticulture student and a 70-year-old woman who has got a degree in nutrition. So I think what we got here is a young and old hippie, uh, which is fine. I mean, you know, look at Mother Earth News. I mean, after all these years, it's still uh, a viable uh, place to get good information. I still use their no-need bread recipe, but my point here would be is that they're talking about selling vegetable plants for $5 a piece. Now, I must say, now we have a, uh, we have a problem, uh, Houston. Um, my idea was, was not to match Lowe's prices. My idea was to try to give the people a break. Um, it's right. I don't. I don't feel good about about. Yeah, I feel that's price gouging. That's what I feel that this is, and I don't. I don't really like the idea of participating in that. If I'm going to help people to grow food, I want. I want it to be um, cost effective. And charging them five dollars for a basil plant. That's not what that is. So I'm. And, and so if I go in there with cheaper plants than the owner has, um, I could see where this is going to get to be a – there's going to be a conversation, isn't there, about morality, I guess. Yeah. That's where that's going to go. Yeah. They're going to say I'm knocking the bottom out of the market, and I'm going to say you're gouging the people. You know, where, since when do hippies gouge people? I don't – that's not uh, – I don't get that. Right. But anyway, that, well, that is the uh, – Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think if you char- if the farmers markets char- are charging the same as Walmart or Lowe's, uh, I've got a feeling people are going to go to Walmart and Lowe's because they'll probably be able to get a better assortment of plants. Uh, I might be wrong, but if you guys charge three dollars or three, well, they can also plant, use their credit card. Yeah, there's um, these people don't accept credit cards, so 
you know, therein there's another problem is people people are uh you can living not even from paycheck to paycheck. What's that? You can accept them. Oh no. I know how. Yeah, I could. No, I, I could, but I wouldn't, and they're not. There's no credit cards up there. Um, no, I mean, you know, the last thing I need to do is is go on up there and, and sell plants to the public and then turn around and give 25% or a third to the government. I just don't think I care for that idea. Right. I, I don't like that idea. I don't like that idea uh, more than I don't like gouging. Um, so if I'm going to give a third to the government, then i got to gouge. So... You know, no, it's, it's, you know, and if, and if they want a third, let them come up to the farmer's market and set up their own table. And we'll sit and talk, and um, we'll see what they have to say about all this. Um, so, any other thoughts on this? Not really, Rick. Uh, other than, I, I've got one comment, and that yep. really is that, you know, what we were talking about pre-show. I yeah. don't think we have as much time left as people think we do. You know, yeah. I honestly believe people should already have their seeds. They should already have a, a garden spot that's four or five years old that's got good, rich soil. Uh, you know, maybe we can talk about that in a few minutes, too, But uh, on the well, soil. but. Why oh yeah. Do we do it now. Let's talk about it now. Yeah, that was on the radar. Um, this, uh, um, I want to put this very delicately. Um, we, there, there. I guess there is and has been for quite some time. I guess since the hippies, since the sixties, maybe a uh, the back to the earth movement and these uh, folks who uh, are. Uh, they did proponents, and they are very, very opposed to uh, amending the, well, I shouldn't say, they're opposed to fertilizers and all that kind of thing. But um, but here's the deal, and um, I understand that there are various places that you can go, and you can scrape up organic matter for your garden. And right. if that kind of thing is available to you, you should always take it. I mean, if you've got somebody who's going to throw out bags of leaves or grass clippings, that stuff's going to get to be more valuable than it is now, and it's already valuable. But but I want to clarify uh, my position. I've already done this a couple times, and I don't think, I don't think folks are getting the idea here. Um, the, I, I learned something very, very interesting um, this week about nitrogen, um, and and as Mr. Yeah, Rodale said, um, say again. I said, tell him about that. This is very interesting. Oh, it is, yeah. So when uh, Rodale, uh, the founder of Rodale Press, and a prolific uh, gardener, and I've quoted this uh, on the show before, is a plant can't tell the difference between nitrogen from a leaf and nitrogen from a fertilizer, and that's just true because nitrogen is nitrogen. There's nothing you can do with it or about right. it. It's a basic. It's a basic element. It's it's in the periodic table of elements. Letter N is in nitrogen. Okay. Um, 
nitrogen, of course, as we know, is, is a gas, but it's also what I didn't know, and this is to me really, really cool, is that when you when you talk about an, an MPK fertilizer, uh, you're talking about nitrogen, uh, uh, phosphorus, and uh, potassium. Um, those three elements right. are the macros in fertilizer. Now there are lots of other things that can and should be in your fertilizer. Those are just the big three. Um, nitrogen comes in at least three forms. Um, and if you take a look at your fertilizer, if you've got any around, and look what it says about the nitrogen, you'll find that, that you'll have probably more than one of these. Uh, and I started getting curious and looking at mine, and I found this to be the case. Um, you have nitrogen... Uh, that comes uh, in the form of uh, urea, which has a chain, a chain on it, a um, a biological. Actually, that's not. I don't really know the term. My my chemist son would know. It 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 has a three step chain on it. Um, calcium nitrate has a two step uh, chain, and ammoniacal or ammonia is available to the plant immediately. Um, what all of these things have ammonia in common nitrate. is... Yeah, exactly. Now, one thing, um, ammonia nitrate, I don't know if you know this or not, but if you happen to decide to go and buy 10 or 12 bags of it, you got to yeah. not sign your life away because it's also an explosive. <laughs> yeah. Um it sure is, and we're not going to talk about how to do this, but I have blown up very big things, very uh, breathtaking things with ammonium nitrate. It is called um, uh, not, it's not it's called low explosives. It's not high. It's low explosive, and it's used a lot in um, yeah. It's used a lot in uh, moving big wheat, like earth moving and stuff like that. Uh, mixed with certain things in a certain proportion and and set off. Um, I, yeah. Here's an, just a small example. I parked my truck a quarter of a mile away and still got it dented, okay? It still got hit with yeah. a rock a quarter of a mile away. So, yeah, but as a fertilizer, you if you've got to... Oh, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, one rock went through the roof of the cabin. Yeah, it was it was very exciting. Um this is just what you is a, is a straight-up novice playing with bags of ammonium nitrate. That's what you want, a real beginner. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, uh, ammoniacal will be available to the plant immediately. So you're going to get a real quick pop off that. But then, um, and a lot of these things like uh, like Hoss, Hoss tools, it's it's kind of exp- it's kind of expensive, and I because of that I won't buy it. But they got a twenty 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 where they've got all three in there. They've got uh, ammoniacal, um, nit- uh, calcium nitrate, and urea, so that these things break down right. at various rates and become available to the plant at various stages. Uh, when it comes to breaking down calcium nitrate and urea, it is a function of the biology of the soil. Uh, so what you've got there is is that if you're in a no-dig situation and you've got a no-dig bed and you've got the... Um, the, the the biological structure in there, the microbes, 
that are eating away at organic material and turning them into MPK for you. Those are the same microbes that are going to break down uh, calcium nitrate and urea at different paces. Now, if it's cold out, if it's cold out, and let's say it's fall, and you're trying to grow the fall stuff like kale and collards and whatever, you know, all the bra- whole brassica family, uh, you're, you're not going to do very well with urea because uh, when it's cold, the microbial action in the soil basically comes to a stop. So you're not going to get a lot out of it uh, for your fall planting. So when it comes to the use of, of, a, of a fertilizer, you need, you need to know which one you're playing with. Um, now, I looked at the 181818 that I stocked up for just these purposes, and what I noticed was I never thought to look at this. 181818, so 18% nitrogen. But I'm like, okay, now wait well, a minute. It's probably got With urea, my, right? It does, yeah. Um, give me two seconds. I'll tell you. Let me see if I can get to this. Uh, what it's got. It's 18% nitrogen, but what they've done is I've got 11% urea and 7% ammoniacal, so ammonia. So what I get is the okay. I got the quickest, the quickest one and the slowest one is what's in there. They left the middle one out. That was probably just for right. economic reasons. So so what I got is the one for the quick pop. Yeah, you're going to get the quick pop out of it, uh, which leads the customer to, to to believe that they got their money's worth. But then, you know, for the next several months, the urea is going to be breaking down and it's going to keep things green until, and I can just about, I can tell on the day when it's spent, you'll, you'll come home from work and your, your yard just does not look like my yard looks like right now. You're like, uh-oh, here we go, it's gone. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a break. We'll start making calls at the top of the hour. And uh, thank you there. Three minutes, folks. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we have been building our online store. While we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country, here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. Check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. Extendivite 7 Herb Formulation is approved to help maintain cardiovascular health and help lower blood lipid levels in adults. Extendivite is made from hawthorn, garlic, valerian, cayenne, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, and milk thistle. The herbs at Extendivite have been chosen for their ability to help with overall health. Many people have reported improved energy and stamina in just a few months. If you think you could feel just a little bit better, then Extendivite may just be for you. Extendivite is an all-natural supplement. 
Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hey, gang. Patrick Slattery here with an important message that is pertinent to anyone who shops for groceries, eats food, or just has an inquisitive mind like myself. What I'm about to introduce you to is a segment of our food culture that has been kept so low profile to the American public that virtually no one is aware of how dominant it is on our refrigerator and cupboard shelves. What I'm talking about is the kosher certification industry and a new app, Koshertified, that delivers a comprehensive education on all aspects regarding this little-known practice. After reviewing this app, I found that it is useful for practically anyone who purchases food, regardless of their religious faith or identity. Its database of products not kosher certified is a win-win convenience for all food-conscious people. So why not check out thekosherquestion.com or click on the link at nationalbugle.com and see how modifying your grocery shopping with the Co-Certified app can make a huge difference for you. Tim Spencer. Today is Saturday, the 16th day of April in the year of our Lord 2022. have a few announcements to make real quick, uh, and I think I got enough time to do it before the top of the hour. Uh, one, our archives are now on Stitcher.com, S-T-I-C-H-E-R.com. All you is search the Rural Survival Show. It'll pop up with our last, I believe it's last 20 weeks of shows, if there's something you want to go back and listen to. I want to do a shout-out to our sponsors, Extendivite, uh, something that Rick and my wife and I use daily. Uh, click on the link. You'll learn about it. It's on ruralsurvival.life. Actually, it's a little banner. not a, Well, it's still a link. But anyway... It's on uh, ruralsurvival.life. That's ruralsurvival.life. Also, Water Revolution. Now, folks, in a grid-down situation where there's not electricity to pump water, uh, they've got some products which will really help you. Uh, one of them's called the Ready Pure. We've got one of these. It'll make you about two gallons of ultra-clean, ultra-fresh water every day, actually about every 12 hours. Um, filter the water from a mud puddle, put it in there, and when I say filter, just run it through a coffee filter, put it in there, and uh, you will have drinkable, clean water. Uh, we've got a special deal working with Simply Clean Foods, uh, we really don't get anything out of this, 
But if you want to save some money, use coupon code RSS, Romeo, Sierra, Sierra, all caps. And I forgot what the percentage is, but you will get a, uh, a discount. I believe it's a significant one. Anyway, wasn't that it 90, is 95% simply, off? I think it was I don't 95% think that's it. Oh. It's probably 5 or 10, really. I don't know what it Either is. Either one. But anyway, like I said, we don't get anything for this one, but it's long-term storage food. Uh, you know, you, guys, if you don't have time to get your own food together, uh, go to simplycleanfoods.net. They've got some great deals where you can do installments. I think it's like 79 bucks a month, and they'll send you that $79 worth a month every month. And uh, that's one way to build up your food stores. Okay, folks, mm, yeah. had to get that out of the way. Uh, but please go to ruralsurvival.life. Support our sponsors. <clears throat> uh, it does help us. Not a whole lot, but it does help us. Okay, Rick, I'm done running my mouth. I think we got about a minute yeah. left for the top of the hour. Well, let me see if I can clarify my position here. I didn't do it yet. <clears throat> we're, uh, we're, I think we're about out of time. And so those people who, you, you, you either have a no-dick garden or you don't. You don't have four years anymore to create one. You can't wait. Uh, when we come back, let me finish that sentence. Okay, we'll be back in about two and a half minutes. Call it 512-248-8252. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for Truth, Liberty, and Balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the Internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we, the people, are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit RepublicBroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth. 